morning, everybody. Good Erev Shabbat Shalom. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am joined in the studio, studio this morning by engineer David Netkin, and we are going to have an amazing show. I know I say amazing a lot. Everyone always tells me, everything is amazing to you because really I'm that excited about life and I'm very excited about food all the time. Um, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm about, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm literally about all the food all the time. I love to, I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating it, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I am the person to talk to or maybe listen to. Um, I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbat, for Yom Tov, small parties. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, I'm the person to call. Um, but I hope you'll tune in uh, every week and hear about my exciting uh, cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, and sharing of great food ideas and recipes. But I don't want this to be all about me. I want to hear from you as well. Um, a couple of ways you can reach me. Um, I want to hear about what what food experiences you have, what cookbooks you like, what restaurant you ate in, what item you ordered in that restaurant that you think I might like. Um, so you can reach me at Naomi at NahumSiegel.com. You can join my fan page um, on Facebook, um, Aussie Gourmet. If you're not on Facebook, I've also got Twitter, Instagram, or you can join my newsletter on theaussiegourmet.com. I'm actually very excited because in the next couple of weeks, um, I'm going to be rebooting my website. Don't um, haven't blogged in a little bit of a while. Sorry about that, folks. Um, but I know people have been emailing me, and so you know we've been able to keep up that way. Um, but I'm going to have some exciting new things going on on my website. So once again, if you eat it, share it. Um, and we've got a lot going on in October. It's like middle of October now. And the excitement is building. The blogs are a-buzzing. It's the coming together of Hanukkah and Thanksgiving. Woo! It's been dubbed Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Thanksgivuka. Right? We'll try that again. Thanksgivuka. It is hilarious how many websites have popped up about Thanksgiving. I mean, everyone's talking about it. It has its own Facebook page and the actual word is now trademarked. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> so um, this amazing event will not happen for another 70,000 years. Okay. I don't know if the world will sp- still be in existence in 70,000 years or what the world will be like. Hopefully Mashiach will come before then. Um, yeah. So let the food mashups begin. We're going to, you know, talk in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to uh, Thanksgiving and Hanukkah, Thanksgiving Um We're going to talk more about all the crazy ideas that I'm seeing out there. The funniest thing I heard was Nun Gobble Hey Shin. Okay? I did not create any of that on myself. I thought that was really cute and funny. So, um, yeah. So, think about all these ideas. Share them with me, Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. Uh, maybe I'll even see if we can get you on the air and talk about your great uh, idea um, for this wonderful occasion. Um, I was just want to give a food shout-out to Crawford's in Cedarhurst. I met a couple of friends for lunch the other day, and I had this amazing, I know I always say that, but I'm going to say it again. It was amazing. Jack Daniel's black bean veggie burger on a whole with tomato, avocado, and a whole grain toasted sandwich. It was delicious. So if you are, I, I believe Crawford's is what, there's one in Flatbush, I believe, uh, Kings Highway area-ish. Uh, and, um, 
and I think there's also one, there is one on Central Avenue near where I live, but I just, I could not um, have this show go by without mentioning that most delicious, delicious sandwich. So on our show today, we have got um, one of my favorite fr- flu- food food bloggers. Um, she is uh, currently living in Los Angeles. Um, she is one of the first kosher food bloggers out there, in fact. Uh, she has a really cool retro look. Um, it's called Kosher in the Kitsch. I don't know if you've heard of her or seen her. Um, she has on her Facebook page currently 14,756. That is, like, amazing to me because I have less than a 1,000. So if you haven't joined my Facebook page, join it, um, the Aussie Gourmet. But Nina is Kosher in the Kitsch. She's unbelievable. Her her really, you know, she had her blog out there. It was really started her website, started um, first, and then she got the blog. I think, for, you know, websites were out there first, and then blogs were developed, and then Facebook was developed. And she really has been in it from the beginning, and she's a tremendous foodie herself. Her website's actually got some videos. She's so adorable. Um, she's got amazing recipes. I actually made her um, recipe the other night. It was tofu fries. Now, sounds a little weird, but it was a big hit. Uh, I just took some tofu, um, wrapped it in some um, firm tofu, wrapped it in, um, um, what do you call it, paper towels, weighted it down for about 10 minutes, and then I um, I cut up the block. Remember, it's like a block, like a little spongy brick. So I made um, cut it down into thin strips, and then I did flour, eggs, and panko crumbs, and then I baked it at 450 um, in the oven Light, you know, was on a cookie sheet lined with parchment paper. So that was Nina's recipe, and it was delicious. And her video is so cute. She's really adorable. And I think we're going to grab her on the line now and welcome her into our It's very early in the morning in Los Angeles. So, you know, right now in New York, it's about uh, nine-something. So for her, it's six-something. So hello, Nina. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, when you mentioned the time, I was just like, as long as I have my morning coffee, I'm good to go. I totally hear that. Okay, what coffee do you drink from foodie to foodie? Oh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm a Starbucks fan. Okay. What, you make it yourself at home? Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to go every day. Um, and then I, I took – and I used to go every day, and then one day I happened to actually look at the receipt. And, was, <laughs> and then I realized, yeah, I, this is something i got to start making at home. And um, – it's really funny because I wrote about it on the blog. I, I never made iced coffee because before having my son, I never even drank coffee. I was always <laughs> sort of like a cheerleader on speed. Like I did not need anything extra. I'd get up and I'd be all, you know, Bouncy. powered up. And then I had my son, and that's when I became like a walking zombie and I was exhausted. And suddenly I was like, okay, people, I need to get into coffee. Um but I feel like a kid because I only like it cold. Oh, that's so <laughs> like funny. Whenever I'm with my that's girlfriends cute. and they're getting their lattes or whatever, I'm like, can I get iced coffee? Oh, that's cute. So, you know, it's funny. I only started drinking coffee after 40. So, you know, uh-huh. 39 or 40. <laughs> I'm not much past that. But, you know, it's only recent in my life that I started drinking coffee. But there is nothing nicer in the morning than having the perf- most perfectly brewed cup of coffee. I have a lot of milk in mine. Okay, so I like mine dark, which is like a little bit of milk. Okay, so I'm, I'm the complete opposite. And a little <laughs> – I don't put sugar, but I put – sometimes I'll put in, like, as a Shabbos treat, some of those, like, Almond Joy creamers or yeah, butternut scotch creamers. Best, but now I'm trying to count calories. So, right. <laughs> um, I'm like, I like it without the sugar. It tastes the same, but it's, it's so much better with, like, the cream and the sugar. Yeah. You know what? I once – I usually put skim milk in mine, but one time I put a little just 
regular cream and not a flavoured cream, and it really also kicked up the the coffee onto another level. It was really delicious. You know, mm-hmm. nothing like you know, skim milks watered like basically watered a bit of milk, but heavy, cream. you know, putting cream in is really delicious. So, yeah. yeah. So we're we're busy talking about coffees, but we have so much to talk about. I was telling some of our telling our listeners that you were like the first like website kosher website because it used to be. When I first started surfing the internet for new recipes and stuff, before we all became such foodies, mm-hmm. just like a website would have like, you know, just lists, you know, kugels, and it'd be broccoli kugel, potato kugel, corn kugel, butternut squash. It would be just a and list and you clicked on it. wouldn't even be photos. It kind of felt like you were looking at a Word document. Exactly. Exactly. That, that was my experience. <laughs> right. So you basically went from there and you took it to, to the next level, which you were the first one to do it. Yeah. Well, basically, when I... I got married. Um, my mom, I remember going shopping for pots and pens, but and I was so excited. And then I remember I unpacked it, and I took time to, like, you know, sort it out and make it look all nice. And then I'd still go to my mom for leftovers or dinner. And about, like, a couple weeks after getting married, I remember my husband was like, are you, are you planning on using those? <laughs> and then my mom was like, you know, I love having you over, but, but I, I want you to, like, use your dishes. And after a couple of hints, I was like, okay, I got to, you know, step it up and start playing wifey in the kitchen. And I had, I had no, I knew a couple of basic things from cooking with my mom, like, you know, schnitzel or, or fish, but I had no idea how to experiment or do anything other than the basics. So I used to call my sister and I remember, I'll never forget the first recipe I cooked um, because it like, you know, it took a while to actually do it. And I remember calling my sister and I was like, I need to make something that tastes awesome but my confidence now is, like, really low in the kitchen, so it has to be something that's really hard to mess up. And it's really funny now. I'm going to tell you what it was. Yeah, it was I can't wait so- to hear. Drum roll. <laughs> it was so easy, but I was so proud. It was um, teriyaki salmon. Okay. But it was teriyaki salmon from the jar, like, literally just taking, the you know, the sesame teriyaki sauce yeah. that I have in the jar and yeah. putting it on the salmon and putting it in the oven, which is yeah. not something I would do right now. Sweetie, um, you got to start somewhere, mate. you got to start somewhere. But it was somewhere. so funny. I was so proud. Um, and then also the funny thing is, um, this is really funny. So growing up, my mom, I guess she had a fear of like undercooking stuff and like, you know, like someone getting like food poisoning. So <laughs> she would always like Dry cook everything like really, really long. So mm. I remember cooking that salmon for like over an hour and, um, my husband was like, what is this? Cause like when you cook it really long, it's like really crispy Dry, and yeah. like almost burnt and so now I, I don't cook anything for longer than, like, 15 minutes. But right. Sam and I do for 20 minutes. That's my rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do, like, 15 minutes and then, like, maybe a little bit longer. But um, it, it's just funny, like, looking back at, at that, um, the first dish that I made. And anyway, so I got the recipe for my sister. And I used to call my sisters every day and my sister-in-law. She has um, a lot of sisters, by the way. Nina yeah, told me yesterday. Yeah, there's, I've got eight sisters. Kanai Nahara. Um, <laughs> Kanai And then I have two sister-in-laws who are amazing cooks, my sister-in-law, Shawnee and Street. So I used to, like, get recipes from them, and I wanted a place to store it. So I started the Facebook group. Right. You were definitely the first. The, yeah, you were the first. Yeah, there. once I had the Facebook group, um, it, like, quickly got, like, a couple thousand fans, and people wanted access to it, like, not having to sign on through Facebook. Plus, my mom and her friends, who didn't have Facebook at the time, uh, <laughs> now, now they do. Now she's on it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, at that point, she didn't have it, and she was, like, begging me. She was like, I want to see the recipes, but I, I don't know what this Facebook is. So... That's when I started the blog. Um, at that point, there were tons of non-kosher blogs, which I used to like look on all the time. And what year was were... this? Do you have a year? I'm just trying um, to place. It feels like so long ago. It was about 
It was about like five, six years ago. Right. Okay, right at the beginning of the kosher food blogging, just started. Yeah, so there were tons of like non-kosher blogs, and I used to get really jealous, like looking at them, and then I was like, that's it, I'm doing it. And it's really funny, because looking back at the photos, at that point, I was not a photographer. I literally would take pictures with my, my cell phone or like this like bad camera that I had. And right. So I'm really happy no one really, I hope no one scrolls that far back in the site, because <laughs> some of the pictures are horrible. That's okay. I've it's it's, it's history. In, into it, but... um. But that's how it started, and um, so then I, I um, did the Facebook group, and then the the blog, and it's been um, adventure ever since. I was, I was telling some of our listeners uh, while we, while uh, we were getting you on the phone that you have, as of last night, fourteen thousand seven hundred fifty six. I don't know what thank it is you, this morning. Thank you for keeping track. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I had to prepare to meet, you know, yeah. talk with you. But you know, it's it's really amazing to me, you know, that so many people. I mean, you can click like and all that. And, and um, you know, never look at it again. But, I, you know, I really think that people, you know, keep going back because it's cool. Your website it looks a little retro, the kosher in the kitchen it first started off. You had that 1950s. Yeah, yeah. When I first started it, it was kind of like that, like, plaid type of apron style. Um, recently, I updated it so it's a little bit more modern looking. I wanted it to be really just kind of focused on the food pictures since they look a little better than they did in the back way back then <laughs> so now it's kind of just like clean and but i still have the the cartoon girl yeah which she's is, um, adorable i don't know if you could tell but it's supposed to look like me <laughs> yeah it does absolutely it's very I really you know everyone wa- everyone wants i mean i don't know about you but i was really into comics when i was younger or i mean every girl always wants you like a barbie doll that looks like them or some sort of comic so i feel like the website's worth it just to have that <laughs> yeah it's very cute it's really very cute um, so, I, you know, I was on your uh, website, you know, many, many times, and, and I noticed, for some reason, I hadn't noticed any earlier, this one particular video, because I've seen a lot of them, but they, you have, you're so cute, you make this, you make three different things, um, mm-hmm. and I was just telling the listeners how I made the tofu fries. Oh, how did you, did you enjoy it? It was great. And you know what? I had a few left over, not too many, put them in the fridge, they were great the next day. Yeah, so I... Um... I get a lot of requests from from readers, and um, so one of them was uh, tofu, and I honestly don't really like tofu, right? <laughs> like, okay. Because um, I don't like it plain, um, and I don't no. really like it grilled. So I was trying to think, like, okay, I have to make something with tofu, and I won't be able to eat it. So I'm spending time cooking, so um, I figured if I made it crunchy, and right. so would it taste like chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I know I sound like a child. But I'm like, <laughs> I feel like that's sometimes how I how I try and make a recipe so that my child will eat it. I'm like. Let's make it. How can I um, make it something, you know, fool him with it? So I was doing that to myself. I'm like, how can I fool myself into eating the tofu? So I basically just um, kind of cooked it up like you would schnitzel and right. baked it to keep it healthy. And no, I really was, enjoyed it. No, it was really terrific. And it was nice. It was different. You know, uh, you know you've know, got a lot of vegetarians out there. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people have asked me, you know, my kids are vegetarian or vegan. Can veg- Vegans can eat it, right? Yeah, yeah. The only thing is instead they- of eggs, they would like, I would even just spray it with some um, some olive oil or just something to get or it. Or they could use the vegan like mayonnaise. Less. Oh, yeah. Or um, I guess, are egg substitutes? Would yeah. that work? I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure how that works with um, the vegan community. Um, if you mm-hmm. are a vegan, please share with me at naomiandachamsegal.com so I can share with our listeners how you you substitute eggs um, yeah, in the vegan meal, diet. Too. I have a lot of requests for that as well. Okay, so we'll all share. We'll all meet back up again and share <laughs> about this. Um, but it was it was really nice, and and I find tofu is a bit like man. Any case, you know, you can mm-hmm. it you can make it taste like whatever you want. 
Yeah, so I, I used those first as, like, the French fry sticks, and then I um, made a wrap out of it with the leftovers and just, like, throw in some avocado and some, like, sort of creamy dressing, and it really tasted oh, like I was a having idea. a crispy chicken wrap. It tasted, it tasted even better in the wrap with, like, the vegetables, and I love anything with avocado. So right, I know. Awesome. You had me at avocado. <laughs> <laughs> love avocado. Okay, great. So let's um, talk about um, your kosher dinner club. Okay. Um, because I was fascinated. Yeah. Where, where are we going with this? I'm sorry? Where are we going with this kosher dinner club? You know, oh, okay. how did it start? What, you know, what okay, was there yeah. a huge so need? Um, a lot of people email me with, like, what should I make for dinner? And um, I would, like, dinner? email back and, you know, try and give people tips. And then I realized people really want help with their menu planning. So I decided to put together the dinner club. Every Sunday, I send it out Saturday night because there's the time difference. Like, the first week, I remember... I thought if I got up at 6, that would be earlier enough. But people on the East Coast wanted to do their shopping. So Are you now, considered Pacific time? I, I think so, yeah, because I'm three hours back. Okay. I'm very bad with that. I know I'm the Oh, I'm Eastern terrible with numbers, too. I just made I That sounded right, but it could be I just made that up. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so basically, I, I'm really careful now. I send it out every Saturday evening. So Sunday, whoever's part of the dinner club, when they wake up, they have a menu for the week five recipes with photos, um, recipe cards that they could download and print out, and I include a detailed shopping list. There is a shopping list that goes according to, like, all the recipes, and then there's a shopping list that goes according to the section in the supermarket. And it will be, like, freezer section, refrigerator section, so you can do your shopping on Sunday and not have to think about it and then just take out the recipe card for that night. Um, so I, I do that. I have a lot of people who signed up, and I do have to charge for it. A lot of people wanted it for free, which right, I would love to do, but there's can, so much work involved. I was going to say that you're a genius for creating this, and there's clearly a demand, but mm-hmm. it's so time-consuming. It is, it is, which is why, um, I mean, I feel like I do it nine ninety nine a month, which I feel like is still... Uh, $9 a month, $9.99 a month. Yeah, so that's it's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, so I feel like that's a you know that's not too much for someone who is interested in having this convenience of like recipes emailed to them every week with the the shopping list, and it's something that is you know it just you know helps me with my time to so put it together. Especially you know when you think about a working mother, right? They've got mm-hmm. so much on their plates, literally, <laughs> and, yeah. and and they need they need something to give them a little shortcut. You know, and, and they're working, so this is, you know, time is money, so to speak. They're saving themselves so much time by doing it this way. So can they click and paste that into their, say, favorite supermarket? Like, I go to Gourmet Glut, and I can, mm-hmm. I probably haven't, that's the, I know you're in Los Angeles. Um, that's the local kosher supermarket in the five towns. There's a couple of them, but I frequent, uh, Gourmet Glut a lot. They've been sponsors of Table for Two. And, um, you know, I email them a list of what I need, and for a few dollars, um, you know, they have a little fee as well, and they do my shopping yeah, and they, they deliver copy, it to my house. Yeah, they can copy and paste. Um, you know, things are, I could actually let them know about that. I don't know if people have thought about that, but they could copy That's and paste it. That's a great idea. Maybe it. you can contact. I know there's Ralph's in California, and I don't know if you have big, big kosher supermarkets like we do here, like Pomegranate or and yeah, well, they have like a, a Glot Mart. I mean, that's the, and Western Kosher. Those are like the two big um, oh, kosher markets. Okay, they, are they on that Pico Robertson strip? So Glot Mart's on Pico. Glot Mart is like super huge, kind of like it reminds me of the Colo store. Okay. I used to go there all the time with my mom when I was younger, and okay. I'd be on like grocery oh, shopping duty. Oh, you're fr- you're from Br- New York originally? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. I, I live hear that there. accent. I, Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> I lived there my whole life, and my husband and I moved out here about a year ago. 
Aha. So, you you know, being a, a foodie, Los Angeles must be amazing for you. There you go, amazing again. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I use that word also a lot. I know, um, everyone makes fun of me. <laughs> it's funny because when I moved, people were – they were worried for me. They were like, what are you going to do without all your New York food? And New York has great food, but I love the food here in California. There's so many amazing, amazing restaurants. If you ever make a trip out here, you have to get in touch, and I will give you yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a get, list I'm of coming. all the places. I'm coming in about a week or two. We're going oh, to have to hook up. Awesome. Yeah, we're going okay, to have so to hook up. We'll have a little foodie tour. Oh, I would love that. Can you do that for me and we my will, husband? Definitely. We're going to go course. on a foodie tour. Oh, foodie tour of L.A. And then we I'll, let you know where, I'll let you know where Nina eats. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll follow Nina around Los Angeles. My husband actually made a joke. Like, he goes, wherever we go, because I was in Miami and uh, mm-hmm. Boca and Orlando uh, in August, and I spoke about it on the show, but he goes, all our trips are based around what we, where and what we're going to eat for the day. Okay, so I feel the same way. It's really funny because sometimes, and I've actually traveled a lot of places because um, my husband has traveled for music. So especially before we had my son, there were three years that we traveled to Australia, Ukraine, Berlin. We went everywhere. Oh, you're and so cool. The, the places that I enjoyed the most are the places, especially since I keep kosher, where I was able to have good food. Right. I feel like that's such a part of an experience. Like some, I was talking to a girlfriend and they're going, to the middle of nowhere where there's no kosher food, and I'm like, why? <laughs> like, right. You know, I mean, I, tell, I get the beauty in that, but for me, I'm like, I want to be able to eat out. And I guess also especially because I'm always cooking right, for myself. Right. For You're on vacation, too. Yeah. I love being able to, like, have good food and not worry about cooking it. Since I really, I mean, it's not even a secret. I am, <laughs> I see this all the time on the site. I don't like cooking. I just like eating. I like eating good food. So, therefore, I, I have to, like, cook. To, like, so, I like both. I definitely I love to cook. I actually love the whole process from finding the recipe to creating the shopping list to doing the shopping to cooking. The only thing I really hate doing is loading and unloading the dishwasher and cleaning up. Like, I hate it. But everything else, like, I really love. Um, so, you know, cooking for me is exciting, mm-hmm. but I love it going on a vacation to Florida or California mm-hmm. when you've got tons of kosher restaurants, you know, you don't have to worry about food but i do like the vacations where you go somewhere cool and you you know you have to pack the the you have to get some deli and you have to freeze it put in a cooler bag and then you have to you know take stuff your own knife in your own pot and a burner like i don't mind those kind of vacations oh, but really? okay. that's a vacation so for my family that's... like that i'll call you and, and you'll cook for me then what we'll do we'll go on vacation <laughs> together because that's what i dress the whole like you know packing the sandwiches and and all that i like um if there's an oven or – or actually, if you even can you you could use uh, – as long as you have access to, like, an outlet because you can cook up some great stuff. With you can cook a, the one the one skillet wonder. Let me tell you, I've done quite mm-hmm. a lot of things. And, you know, we, you know, we like to travel a lot. Sometimes we, we go on these easy vacations, meaning easy for me that I don't have to cook, or harder mm-hmm. vacations, which everybody gets a real vacation out of except me because – I bring yeah. the George Foreman grill and I marinated some froze chicken cutlets and I froze them and then I defrost them at the hotel and I grill them up fresh for the kids. We are foodies all the time. So mm-hmm. having a peanut butter sandwich in a hotel room ain't that exciting for my kids. They want to have, you know, and I'll go to the local supermarket and I'll pick up some vegetables and I'll make a salad and I buy all those wooden bowls um, for $2 out in the supermarkets, you know, Walmart yeah. and the one in Lancaster and I'll whip up a salad and at the end of the vacation I throw out the wooden bowl. <laughs> Yeah, and then at the end of vacation, you're like, I want to go out to eat. Yeah, at the end of the <laughs> vacation. Like, I want to go home, so I go out to eat and get a vacation. I'm exhausted at the end of the vacation. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm then, sure. yeah. 
So, so you know, you try to find that balance. Being, you know, loving food and traveling with food, you know, is, is great. Um, having it available, but sometimes you have to schlep it along too. Um, mm-hmm. So, Nina, are you going to be coming into New York anytime soon? Like, are you coming in for Kosher Fest and all that? I don't have anything planned right now. I was I actually came like four times this past year. Ah. I had a friend's wedding and a sister's wedding, and so so I'm putting pressure on my siblings. Like I'm really selfish. I'm like I keep trying to like set them up and you know and find them a match and and it's I'm like very honest. I'm like it's not your you know wedded bliss that I that I'm concerned with right now. I just want an excuse to come to New York. Right, so right. <laughs> come on, get <laughs> nice moving. To come, it's nice to come in and see the family. Now, Nina, very important question. Why don't you have a cookbook? Because yeah, I had last I week, yeah. last week on my show, um, I had a, like a whole social media group. Mm-hmm. We had t- spoke with people from Kosher Fest, Kosher Feast, and Kosher Food Bloggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, different times throughout the hour, but we're all talking about how the, the influx of kosher cookbooks is is huge. And there's so many yeah. coming out, but people are always buying them. So when, when's Nina Safar's book coming out? Okay, so I'll be honest. Um, I've gotten a lot, a lot of requests, like, Daily, my readers are always like, we want a cookbook. Um, but I, I personally, like you said, there's so many cookbooks out there. And I myself, I don't even really, well, I don't really use cookbooks now because I'm constantly trying to make my own. But right. I feel like a lot of cookbooks, they, even the really great ones, they have a couple of recipes he'll use. And then a lot of it's just kind of like a waste of space or a waste, you know, on your shelf. And right. um, I just and I want to. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that? I just purged a little of old cookbooks. I got rid of some that I haven't yeah, used. Yeah, so I, I didn't want to put out just another cookbook. Like, I want to put out a cookbook that will be something that I myself would buy. You know, right. as, as a food blogger, like, for someone who doesn't even need the cookbooks or the recipes, I want to put out something that they themselves would want to do. And I actually recently have, have come up with a couple of different ideas that I'm really excited about. And um, just in, you know, the beginning stages, but... Um, I have, like, two ideas that I'm really excited about because they would be – it would be more than just about food. Obviously, it would have, like, great recipes inside, but it would also be something that would be, like, uh, a conversation, something that would be a conversation starter, something that people would want to showcase on their table and, you know, bring out at the Shabbos meal, not just for the food, but for, you know, for everything else inside it. But I, I can't really say more than that. Okay. Wait, let's keep <laughs> but, that under wraps. Um, I do – yeah, I do hope to have one out one day, but I've honestly just been waiting to tell it was something that would be really unique and different. Okay, cool. You know, a lot. Of, I have not written a cookbook either, and I probably will not write one because I believe there are so many beautiful ones out there. And if you want a recipe, you can go to my blog, I guess, and get it for free. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, you know, there's so many great books out there. But I was wondering, you know, that you have so many of the uh, cookbook authors became bloggers because they have their cookbooks and they're, you know, promoting, but you mm-hmm. really are the opposite. Like you're just doing your, your blog right now. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to hearing more and more from you about your exciting cooking adventures. Um, you must come back on the show again. Um, another question, what's your favorite restaurant in California? Just a shout favorite. out to some of your, oh, you know, okay. shout so out to some few. of your LA I, contemporary. Yeah, I couldn't say just one. Colleagues. It really depends on what I'm craving. Um, that day, but um, well, the, the my favorite like fast food style for just a really good sandwich is just there. They have the best. Okay, so when you come to New York, it's not on the menu. My sister-in-law, um, my my brother-in-law, Nata actually like made it up and, and he told me about it. It's um, so they have the Western Burger, which is a burger with crunchy, really awesome like onion rings on top and a sauce. 
So what you have to do is ask for the Western burger, but with a grilled chicken breast in it. So it's like grilled chicken breast, crunchy onion rings, and this amazing Western sauce. And it's honestly like if I'm feeling like I've been really good or if I'm really feeling really bad as far as calories go, I will order <laughs> that. It is, it's epic. It's awesome. And hearing um, that from a real foodie is something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not on the menu, so you'll have to know how to ask for it. you have to ask for um trying to think because so many times I'll ask her and they'll be like what and I'm like come on I'm here all the time you know what I'm talking about um basically say you want a grilled chicken breast sandwich western style okay that's what you you have to try it and let me know it's really great sandwich so um just and then I love um Beverly Hills Thai oh I heard about that you know tell me about that Shifra Klein Joy of Kosher she told me so you've got two foodies telling you to go check it out yeah that's really cool and you can bring your own Bring your own booze. You can bring your own wine. So, <laughs> oh really? Oh, that's yeah, cute. yeah, yeah. So that's that's always fun. In Australia, um, the yeah. pad thai, the chicken pad thai, is amazing. <gasps> I love pad thai. I love and it. Me too. And I've never like that place is so good. Now I'm actually like I'm on a mission to recreate that dish. Oh, <gasps> and they have a really great dessert. It's uh, it's an egg roll with apples and bananas and coconut, and it's oh. so good. And that inspired. I made this um these wonton cups with, like, caramelized apples and bananas and coconut flakes, and that was inspired from that dish. Oh, my God. I'm, like, crying. They're all <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> so, yeah, you need to get, like, well, the engineers are in here. They're like, you're and crazy. And end off with that. And, um, oh, and then if you like a good burger, fancy style, Shiloh's has a burger with cheese on it. Like, you can get it with blue cheese, and it's really good. Okay, who, Shiloh's? Is that yeah, milk Shiloh's. or Because he said so burger and cheese, so I don't know oh, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kosher? We're talking kosher food show today. <laughs> so it's a, it's a nice uh, kosher meat place, and the, the cheese is fake. I'm assuming, yeah. I mean, <laughs> one, one can only <laughs> hope that the mashikim are getting it right. Exactly, but that is really good. Actually, I don't even know what the, the appetizer is called. I always, I'm always silly when I go there and I'm talking to the waiter and I'm, like, explaining what I want. Um Basically, it's a really amazing appetizer. It's a, it, it's kind of like a pizza with um, like a crispy pastrami on top. Um, it's in the appetizer section. It's so good, and that's another dish that I want to create. That's a lot of times like how I'll I'll make recipes for the site. Like I'll go out to eat, or I'll watch something, or I'll see a photo of something, and then I'll be like, I need to eat that right now. Right. So I'm <laughs> it's like... either like spend a ton of money or figure out how to make it at home. I'm I'm like that with pad thai. I want to make you know the best pad thai I've ever had. Well, I've had two two versions of it. Jeff, uh, Jeff uh, Nathan makes one at Abigail's, which it was delicious. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still on the menu. It's been a while since I've gone there. And also um, Muscat in Queens, amazing. It's a milk restaurant. So, so you know what? I want you to taste the one here at um, Beverly Hills High and tell me what you think. Okay, so I have a and mission. Then, and then we need to come up with a pad thai recipe. Yeah, let's work on I, that. I, I need to eat that. Like I want to be able to like, make it whenever I want at home. Yeah, okay, so that's our mission. We're going to be doing that. Okay, great. Nina, thank you so much for joining us. Go back to Thanks sleep now. <laughs> get get a f- few more Z's before uh, the real morning wake up. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good Shabbos, and I'm going to be in touch with you when I get out there. Yeah, I'm looking forward. All right. Thank you so much, Nina. Okay. Have All a right. Great day. Shabbat shalom. Bye-bye. That is Nina Safar from Kosher in the Kitchen. Whoa. I had a little click there. Is that okay? We're still on? Okay. No, we're all good. Um, so yeah, um, she's, she's really fabulous. She sounds so adorable. I'm really looking forward to meeting her going to head out to California in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to try to hook up. Um, so we've got a show about meeting great bloggers and people who are writing great cookbooks and then 
I have to have, I couldn't not have a show without having Esty Caffra. Esty Caffra is a couple of years ago put out her first book and it's going to talk to her about the, the history of her cookbooks. Um, but it's, it's called Spice It Right and it really became a go-to guide resource for me because it just taught me so much um, about storing of herbs and spices and flavorings and how they get together. It's a beautiful glossy cookbook and my kids make themselves food from there all the time because it's so, you know, it's easy to use. It's easy for children to use. I would say children meaning my kids were teenagers, not eight-year-olds um, when they were making some of the recipes. So um, I just want to welcome Esty Kaffra onto the show. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Hi, Esty. Thank you so much. I've wanted to have you on for ages. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Esty, you have a new book coming out. I do. I'm so excited. My, my copy did not come yet, so I, like, I'm just waiting with bated breath. I know they're sending me one. Yes, they are. So, you are definitely top of the list. Oh, thank you, thank you. Are you, you going to be in for Kosher Fest? I do plan on coming in, yes. Okay, great. So that's uh, coming up very soon. So let's, let's, we're just going to take it back a little bit um, and a little bit history about you. You actually live in Toronto, right? I do. And how's the weather up there? Chilly, uh, right? Today is actually beautiful, so no complaints. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so in New York, it's, you know, the chill has happened already. I mean, it can be a nice day, but <laughs> never, it's still, it's still not our summertime. The, um, no, I love fall. Fall is a great yeah, season. Yeah. And so. I love the turning of the leaves. Uh, everyone makes fun of me because, um, in my family, I'll be like driving down the street. I'll see a tree with the most gorgeous golden red and orange colors and I stop and I take pictures of it my kids are like you're nuts <laughs> but in Australia yeah. <laughs> we don't have turning of the leaves and in, in Sydney where I'm from everything's green all the time which is great no mm -hmm. winter no snow but you know I love the color of the leaves and I love all the um you know foods fall foods that go along with that as well so let's talk about um how you came to be a food writer did you go to did you go to cooking school yourself no, I did not. Um, yes. Actually, I came into this uh, field in a really backwards sort of way. Okay. I went to photography school. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. You know, when I, I had two kids and I said, I don't know, I, I just I need to do something that will keep my mind creative. Okay. Um, it was photography or decorating. And uh, since my mother-in-law is a decorator, she said, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. So um, photography it was. And I... Went to, I went to classes, and I was doing a lot of experimenting, and, and of course, I had a lot of uh, kids in my neighborhood that were very happy to be photographed, <laughs> uh, a lot of material there. So we did that for a while, and somebody approached me. Actually, Leah Shapira um, approached me. I love me, Leah. Yeah. She's been a guest on the show. She so also Leah's has a book, been a friend right? for a long time. Okay, nice. Um, and she asked me if I could photograph one of her her first cookbook that she did actually for a fundraiser for Biko Holim in I Israel. Never, oh really, I never living even, in Israel at What the was time. it called? Can we it get was, it? Yeah, uh, it's The Silver Spoon. She's The Silver Spoon? Yeah. I her, had and no. her, her and a friend, and it was all for a Tzedakah project, actually. <gasps> wow, I did not know that about her. Cool. Yeah, so that's how we actually all started sort of in this together. And I did the food pictures not knowing a thing about food photography. Uh -huh. And I read some books, and I, you know, I looked online a little bit. Um, but that was it. And then I really liked it. I enjoyed it very much, the, you know, the food prep of it and food styling and the photography part of it. So I sort of, when I was going to school, I sort of started, you know, um, keeping my focus on food. Um, then Bina Magazine opened, 
and I got a phone call. I, I had been doing some photography work for Hamodia. Um, Bina is a daughter company of Hamodia. Okay. And they called me if I could um, help them with their food section, which led to being the food editor at Bina Magazine for nice. four years. Nice. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a backwards way. Right. Um, I did a lot of food courses in the interim because I just wanted to learn more. Like like uh, cooking classes and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, techniques yeah. and stuff. Yeah, um, that's like how I became a quote-unquote chef, just by taking a lot of classes. Yeah, and there's so much out there that's available. Um, and I was living in Israel, and I was living in New Jersey, and then I moved to Toronto, so I was sort of being international as well <laughs> um, during that time. So, yeah, and then I, I published my first cookbook, Spicy Right, um, um, during my tenure at Bina, and then I was, um, and then I actually published Cooking with Color, just as I left Bina. I love those books. You know, I was saying before I had purged some of my cookbooks sitting on my kitchen shelf. I have one shelf for um, books, cookbooks, and it was just getting too crowded. But I would never give up. Oh, your, thank you. That cook, is so nice. Cooking with color <laughs> dinner, cooking with color dessert, and spice it right. I was my kids love some of those recipes from. Spice it right, and the noodles, and you saute the butter, and you make the roux. They don't realize they're making a roux, but but right. you know they know how to do it. It was easy for a, a young adult to use. Um, you didn't have to be a gourmet chef, and it had that amazing glossary about spices. Yeah. So I what I realized at the time was working with Bina, and I was talking to a lot of people. Uh, you know, this was also going back six years ago, and and the Jewish aware the awareness of of gourmet food in the, in the kosher world has just accelerated oh. at an unbelievable rate. Unbelievable. But, yeah. So even when I was there, it was six years ago, and herbs and spices, I was I was noticing, were not so much, you know, everyday items in people's cabinets. No, salt and pepper, maybe salt paprika. Pepper, paprika was there. Garlic powder garlic was powder. there. You know, just to train people a little bit, to think a little bit differently, to use fresh garlic and to use herbs and spices. And I actually started growing herbs mm. on my porch. Um, it became a fantastic hobby that I would never go back on. That's I love it. so cool. And yeah, we, I have tons of herbs. And this year we add lavender and uh, chocolate mint. Um, unbelievable. Chocolate um, mint flavors. is a herb? Yeah, there's like oh. a chocolate-flavored mint leaf. It's unbelievable, That's especially amazing. just in water, you know, like just in hot water for coffee, it's, for tea. It's amazing. Oh, um, cool. Anyways, yeah, so we started growing herbs, and I started, and then I realized that I think that the kosher world can just use a book that is, as you say, very easy recipes. There's mm-hmm. nothing, you know, uh, challenging or scientific about the recipes. Right, but they're fabulous recipes. I don't but want people to think you. they're but just they're easy. Friendly, they're... But then you just add that punch of herb and that punch of spice, and then that sort of changes the whole thing. Right, and that's so. what kept you a step above all the other books that were coming out at the time, that, you know, you had that edgy, you know, herb, herb thing Thank going. You. <laughs> yeah. The Cooking with Color was about all the vegetables and fruits yep. that, um, you know, that we have available to us. Yeah, can I just give that a little shout-out to that book? Because there are two soups in there that I make all the time. Now, I'm a personal chef, so people ask me to cook for them, and they always ask me for suggestions for soups. So um, the low-carb cauliflower soup, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I always quote you on it. Um, oh, thank you. And, and, of course, um, the roasted tomato soup. Roasted tomato. What do you say in tomato, Toronto? Yeah, what do you say in tomato. Toronto? Tomato or tomato? <laughs> tomato. Tomato. Okay, so Australia we say tomato, but the roasted tomato soup. Um, I make that all the time. So thank you very much. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> Always a big hit. They are good. Yeah, soups are, soups are a great way, actually, to do low-fat cooking and then 
adding the herbs, like just adding thyme to zucchini soup, mm. it just takes the whole soup to a whole new level. All right. of a sudden, it's this gourmet restaurant level. Right. And it's just a few shakes of, of it in there. Of time. No. And especially now we're talking at the beginning of the show about how it's chilly outside and it's soup time. So yeah. these are really great soups. Um, I'm a big fan of the immersion blender. I don't like so much <laughs> chunky soups. I'm always judging it all my soups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me too. I know. I've been through a few too many. <laughs> I keep taking on me. But you know what the key was um, with immersion blenders? I'm getting a good one. The 9.99 ones are awful. I was buying a milchik one to use, one to use for milchiks to um, blend some milchik strawberry soup um, mm-hmm. for Pesach, and I didn't want to spend a lot of money for to use a blender twice, once a, you know, two times in a Pesach season, you know, once a year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bought a 9.99 one. It did not even last. You know, three zhuzhs, three soups. <laughs> Get yourself you. a fifty or sixty dollar immersion yeah, blender, yeah. and they really do last. Yeah, I have the KitchenAid ones. I like them. Yeah, I think so, and I think that it's detachable. It makes it easy clean up. Milchik's Flashik's Parv. Yeah, no, I actually have them in different colors, which makes it very easy. I have this right. cool uh, uh, neon green one, and oh. I have a great aqua one. Yeah, so we then it's just easy to keep it separate that way. I, I wonder if KitchenAid knew that all the kosher consumers yeah. are going to buy it. We needed them in different colors. Everything now is so bright and colorful. Have you seen those new, I'm not sure which company makes it, those Chalampots? That's like, it, it's plaid. It's multicolored. No, I have not seen that. You know, they used to have like pink and white and some flowers on the outside of the crock pot. I know from when you first got married, I first got married, everything was like, you know, uh-huh. it's very simple. This is like bright retro plaid colored. Okay, well, that works because Chalon is so ugly. That, that, right. That really <laughs> it can taste amazing with the right spices, but it doesn't look so pretty no matter yeah. no matter what you do to it. Right. <laughs> okay, so what is coming out next? What can we expect from this new cookbook? Because you've already put out three amazing books. So what's next? Okay, so this cookbook, so actually after I left Bina, I went to work at Mishpacha. I went, oh. left Bina to become the food editor of a magazine called Kosher Inspired. Right, I Kosher Inspired, yeah. Kosher Inspired was a magazine that came out uh, was six times a year, um, and it was, I think, a fabulous magazine. Yes. And after a year and a half, basically what was happening is the printing costs were just way too high, and we just decided that we're going to take that magazine and put it online, which was, thank God, an excellent move. Um, we opened it under the name of Kosher Scoop. Kosher, Kosher Scoop. Scoop is Kosher Inspired? The magazine. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, it's the same writers, it's the same articles, it's the same editor. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and basically Kosher Scoop is a very informative, with all those same great recipes that are easy and fun. And we also partnered with Mishpacha Magazine, and we have Mishpacha Magazine recipes on our site as well. Oh, that is good to know, because I don't always end up picking up the magazine, so I know my... Friends and my brother always tell me, you got to get this magazine, this recipe. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, so the recipes are on our site, and it's actually people are loving that because, exactly, you don't want to always necessarily save, you know, all those papers, but you can come to the site and download the recipe or just use it from your computer and your kitchen, and it's oh, great. that is great. Yeah, that so Kosher Scoop is has been open for, ooh, it's, I think it's about a year and a half now, and this new book is the best of Kosher Scoop. Oh, I love it's, that. Yeah, so... Uh, I wrote about 90% of the recipes in there, and then we have a wonderful representation of many of our authors. Okay, nice. Do you, can you throw out some names that we sure, would recognize? we have some recipes from Levana Kirschenbaum oh, in there. Uh, we have Noreen Gellitz in there. Oh, superstars of we cooking. Have, um, we have some younger and unknown chefs, which I think are very, very talented, such as there's David Bloom from Toronto. Uh, there's Sam Canner from Toronto. And then we have... Um, we have some nutritionists that write for us, and we have um, 
Daphne Rabinowitz is a uh, she had her own Food Network show for a long time here in Canada. She's also a writer for us, and um, well, that's a tough. Oh, and a big writer for us is also Paula Scheuer. Oh, of course, Paula's she, a close she, friend, and and she writes she, for the site. And is she Canadian? Nope, she oh. lives no, she lives in the states, in Washington, okay. actually. Okay, yeah, I I have I briefly met her at the Kosher Food Bloggers Conference yeah. last year. Are you going? Are yeah. you coming to that? Um, yeah. Okay, and and are you going to Kosher Feast? I'm not um, sure yet. That's the plan. Yeah. Okay, good. We're all going to hang. It's going to be such a fun week, you know, first half of the week. You guys I know. Talk. It's always fun. I feel like it's family already by now. Right, right, right. right? I know. I, I, you know, sometimes the I same get... faces each time and it's nice. I was telling Esty Berkowitz, she was a guest on the show last week, that, you know, mm-hmm. I get a little starstruck when I meet some of the yeah. bloggers. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I follow your blog for years. <laughs> now I'm meeting you in person. So it's, it's very cool. Like, uh yeah, so we have a lot of these names in our book as well, um, just because they are the writers. And uh, you know what? It's a visually beautiful book. I'm very excited about the way it came out. I have one right in front of me. Okay, great. Um, yeah, there's lots of beautiful pictures. Can and you... it's called Cooking Inspired. Oh, now, nice. Cooking Inspired because the theme of the book, which is something that is close to my heart, which is basically I feel like a lot of times you know, we're like going through life and we're just got to do what we got to do and we're just busy like you know getting things done and it's not always easy to just stop and think about where we come from where we where we plan to to go and and a food is so much a part of of our life of our religion and of our lifestyle and basically um the section is divided up into book into um sec sorry the book is divided up into sections um of things that inspire me. Um, okay, like? So we have the five senses, the sights, the smells, the sounds, and the tastes of things that are all around you. Um, we have the community we live in inspires us. The roots that we come from That's inspire us. wonderful. We have um, holidays is obviously a big one that we cook for. We're inspired <laughs> by the holidays that come year-round. Yeah. And special occasions, mm-hmm. birthdays, anniversaries, um, uh, you know, all the special occasions that we cook for and celebrate. Um, let's see what else we have here. Can you give us some of the names of the recipes? Just get our mouths watering. Sure. Um, well, we have, actually, I'll tell you about my favorite section in the book. Okay, yeah, I'd love to um, hear about that. It's actually called counter cakes. Counter cakes. What does and that mean? Like ca- So counter cakes are, I always have, um, every Friday, I bake a bundt cake. Um, that's just on the counter in a in a cake dome. Okay, glass cake dome. Everyone should see it. <laughs> and um, basically, I have certain recipes that I just keep baking over and over, the ones that the kids like, the ones that are decently healthy. And, um, you know, if I have guests or I have people coming in or just, uh, I don't know, one of the kids needs a quick snack, there's always this cake on the counter. And I sort of feel like these cakes are sort of like, a reflection of our busy lives, like you make them and then they go, and and they're just always there. And I I'm just these recipes, I put them together, and so there's about nine bundt cake recipes that are just foolproof and delicious. Um, Do you have any tricks to tell me how to get the cake out of the bundt? I have a really hard time with that. You know what? I'll, I I do have a trick. Um, at, when I was living in Israel and when I was living in Jersey, I was just buying, um, you know, in in these baking stores the Bundt cake um, forms that were just, they were the cheaper ones. Then I moved here and somebody actually gave me as a gift 
the bundt cake from the original, um, what's the company called? Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the original makers of bundt. It will okay. come to me in a second. Okay, no problem. I blank um, out all the time. Last week I blanked yeah. out on Julia Child's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, something is it corn? It's not Corningware. It's something like that. Okay, okay. all the listeners are going to be like, oh, I know, you know. Anyways, yeah. But um, those bundt cakes work, both bundt pens work. So much better than any of the imitations. Really? It really makes a difference. They're thick, and they they bake beautifully evenly through. There's no, they don't have any um, lining or any any um, coatings and you know, stuff. Coatings. So I, I just have a, such a hard time. Like, what's the key to getting it out? Do we take it out when it's hot? Do we take it out when it's cold? So what I do is I spray it very very well with the baking spray, the one that's mixed with um, the flour and oil. Oh, like Pam with flour. Pam with flour. Okay. It's Pam for baking, and I think they make it in the Jewish versions also. Yeah, yeah, Heimische brand. Yeah, um, and I spray it very, very well. Yeah. Um, I do it over a sink so that all the resi- residual stuff, I find it gets very oily. Yeah, around. yeah, so yeah. If you do yeah. it in the sink, it's better. And then I pour the, the batter in, um, bake it, and when it comes out, I leave it for about five minutes. I find that that five minutes sort of lets it cool, but not um, not enough that it will just congeal in there, sort of, you know. So I for, for five minutes, and then I turn it over, and I have never had a problem. Is that really, you know, a bun pan. I find the quality makes all the difference. Uh huh. So what about the silicone ones? The no. company is Nordicware. Yeah, she thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Corningware or something like that. Yeah. Okay, good. Now, now, you know, sometimes you see it with. Um, People hanging them upside down over bottles. Okay, so that is for cakes that have um, eggs in them, or like Pesach cakes, uh-huh. right? That are that are not flour based, um, and or a lot of the light sponge cakes uh-huh. that are very egg based. Um, that prevents it from falling when it comes out of the oven. A pound cake that wouldn't work for. Okay, so it wouldn't make it, a difference. Do, you know, I just want to make sure the listeners are understanding. Sometimes you make these round bun cakes has the hole in the middle, of course, and then it, um, it, the middle piece kind of sticks up, is higher than the sides of the edges of the actual circumference of the cake. Um, and sometimes you'll see in a movie or at a book or at someone's home in a pic, you know, that they, they, they've turned it over and, like, and they've put it over a bottle to, like, air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To cool. So, so, so you can imagine that's what the cakes that need that height and that air um, are the ones that have to go upside down. Okay, cool. Yeah, pace off time to come into my kitchen and there's like lots of eight cakes on bottles. Eight cakes hanging upside <laughs> down. <laughs> I'll spend it quite a sight. You should definitely post that on your blog. That would be absolutely adorable. That's true, by the way. Are you going to be going on a book tour? Like, can people come out and meet you and stuff? Um, I or was ha- thinking about it. Yeah, come to New I York. I was thinking about it. I, I, might go, I might go. I was talking very briefly um, to the Pepper Mill in New York. I actually oh. did a book signing once. It was the coldest day of the year, it turned oh, out. God. So yeah. <laughs> it wasn't um, that successful. It was literally freezing outside. Like, but uh, and New Yorkers are not, you know, they're not yeah. like us Canadians. Yeah. Which are, you when know, you said in Toronto it was nice, I'm thinking she's probably saying it's 25 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> you know, for us in New York, that's freezing. But for Torontonian, it's, you know, nice. It was even cold for Toronto standards. Anyway, so <laughs> um, I'm thinking about that. Yeah, I don't know. I just. You know, the book is available. Yeah, so where, how is it available? How, how okay, can we so get a hold of this? Okay, so it's been distributed by Feldheim. So it will be in all the finer Jewish bookstores everywhere. Okay. 
Um, it is, but I obviously it's best for me if people um, buy it on my own site. Okay. Um, kosher, kosher scoop. Kosher scoop.com, and there's a shop section, and it will be up there hopefully by the end of you know, tomorrow or the next day. It should be working. Yay! That's um, great. Yeah, and um, I mean the wedding is also on Amazon. Oh, Amazon, in great. In the United States and in Canada. You know, the website is, you know, I was just going to talk about that for a minute because it's actually beautiful. It's very clean. I like a clean website. Sometimes I go into these amazing recipe sites, I mean, blogs and websites. Don't get me wrong. These Some of them are fabulous, but it's a little bit busy. Mm-hmm. I find yours very clean and Thank easy you. to. We actually, we actually relaunched the site um, in time for Rosh Hashanah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we actually worked very hard to make it, clean like that because Very we wanted people easy. to have that magazine feel. It really was that magazine that was taken online. And, you know, magazines are all beautifully laid out. Mm-hmm. So we wanted people to get that magazine, the comfort of reading a magazine online. And and, and you have the um, uh, videos and you have other, um, lot of, yeah, you post other blogs. Yeah, we have a lot of professional videos by fantastic chefs. Right. Um, I watched the meat one last night. Um, the chef was making a meat in a potted roast. Um, amazing uh, shoulder I, roast that I made like, that for Yentif. it was amazing it looked unbelievable yeah it yeah. was really good yeah we need to, do you sell some of those cool like those pots like do you have a sometimes you know you, you see these um, chefs making a video and they have these um, amazing uh, dishes the, the actual mm-hmm. dishware mm-hmm. Um, that's actually my pot <laughs> that's so cute is that your kitchen that's no it's my <laughs> sister's kitchen actually it's beautiful <laughs> I like to see nice kitchens. <laughs> drool, yeah, we actually drool did a, a few videos in my kitchen as well. Okay, yeah, but, you know, I, I like the, the pot that he was using because I don't have one of those. It was actually my birthday present. We <laughs> went to um, Woodbury Commons, has a Le Crusoe, um yeah. store. Yeah. And we stocked up for my birthday. That was the best birthday present I ever got. It was <laughs> they're so unbelievable. Cute. I like diamonds, so, but hey. You know what, the Dutch ovens? Yeah, it's another thing. I, I sound like I'm promoting all these companies, but... There are some things that quality really makes Absolutely. a difference. And in the Dutch ovens, like I used to use those black speckled. Um, uh, yeah, I know, know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like Tin, those tinnies. Aluminum was, ones yeah, or whatever very they were. Tinny, and yeah. then I got this and ugh, it was a world you, of a difference. Right. It, I, I didn't think, think I would see the difference. I thought it was just like, uh, you know, if you make cooking shows, you sort of have to look professional. Right. And, and I think <laughs> so we've got to have this stuff. <laughs> the best. But I think, you know, if you use good quality, it shows up in your food. You know, if you use garlic powder when you're supposed to be using fresh garlic, or if you use, you know, a t- aluminum tin when you're supposed to be using a Le Creuset uh, Dutch oven, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I was actually surprised at the difference, I have to say. I really didn't think. I thought it was just sort of like a marketing gimmick thing. So, so do you think I should get one for Hanukkah? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I'm Thanksgiving, that. Thanksgiving Uka? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That's pretty cute. Yeah, the, I said I said earlier on the show. I said let the mashups begin because I think everyone's going to be going crazy now with all the exciting stuff. I had some guests last week, and I think they were dying to talk about. It. I'm like, let's just wait. wait <laughs> give me like two well, more I'm up weeks. In Canada, so we don't even celebrate that this year. And I'm Australian. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving in a, in a, in a on a completely month. different day, right? In I just October, think it's yeah. so cute. I think there's going to be so much fun stuff going on with that. Um, so you know. We look forward to hearing about You know about what? After rape. cooking for Sukkot, I'm still getting over that. I know. It's, it's Honestly, a traumatizing. Honestly, that weekend will just be sort of a blip on the screen. Oh, no. We're going to be really into it. You know, I always talk <laughs> about um, I came to America on Thanksgiving. It, this 
Thanksgiving will be 22 years. And I met my husband one year later to the date on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So I really like get into Thanksgiving. Okay. (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Of, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a special day for me. Um, Thanksgiving. It's just a time we get together with friends and hang out and, you know. Yeah, listen, any excuse for a party, I'm, I'm oh, good. I'm it's good. great. It's party <laughs> centered around food. Exactly. So I, I can't go wrong. I'd like to make a Turk Duckin. Really? You know what that is? No. Okay. Maybe because you're Canadian, you don't have maybe enough turkeys over there like they have here in the U.S. Okay, a turkey. It's a deboned turkey, so it's butterflied out. So the bones okay. are removed except for the wings and the porkies. Okay. Then they do the same thing to a duck and the same thing to a chicken. Okay, so it's all butterflied out. You mm-hmm. lay the turkey down. Then you put stuffing in the middle, in the belly, so to speak, of the turkey. That's opened up. Then you put down the duck. Then you op- it's all opened up, and then you put more stuffing. Then you do the chicken, and you put more stuff in the chicken, and then you roll it all up and tie it together with twine, and then you bake it for, like, God knows how long, till it registers 165 in the center. That means it's been cooked through properly. And wow. it, then you slice it and you see a re- rim of turkey, a rim of stuffing, a rim of duck, a rim of stuffing, and then the chicken in the middle with a little bit of stuffing in the middle. I hope you followed all that. It's okay, gorgeous. sweetheart, when you make it, can you take a picture? And, and send it to you. And there's a big submit buzz button on, because I'm not making that. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it happens to be expensive to make. There's a big submit button on kosherscoop.com. And I'm going to do that to you. Just put it up. Everyone, with, all your viewers, all your listeners can see it, actually. Well, my listeners will be seeing and hopefully maybe yours. You know, it's hard. My mum and I, we've made it together twice when she's coming to America. My mm-hmm. mother is a master, master cook, mm-hmm. and her uncle um, was a butcher. So she used to work for him, so she really knows how to – my mother, actually, the first time we did it, she pulled out the bones herself. She was amazing. The second time we did really? it, the guys at Gourmet Glad, thank you, Rabbi Wallowick, um, he did it for me. He's the uh, head butcher in Gourmet Glad and Cedar, so he uh, pulled out the bones for me. So that was great. Um, so it was actually not too complicated, but it's great. So we will try uh, Turk Duckin as well and um, send you a picture. Wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very different, very different. Um, okay, Esty. Thank you so much for coming on. So great to talk to you. I cannot wait to get that book. I've got cleared a little it's space. It's on its way. It's in the I mail. Know, <laughs> I know. I've cleared a space. It's all ready to go in after I've, you know, I read it over Shabbos. That's one thing that all the blogs and all the websites will never take away. It's your Shabbos reading of a cookbook. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's so, true. No, yeah. You know what? And there's a lot of, um, we put a lot of heart and soul into this book. And I actually, someone saw it this morning and Told, gave me that compliment. She said, "This is not just a book. This is sort of like a, um, got the word she used, like a testimony to to who we are, kind of thing." That's fantastic. And I said, "Wow, that is the ultimate compliment. That's what I wanted to hear." Okay. So the recipes Wonderful. are definitely a main part, but it's just the whole concept that pulls it together that um, that I'm liking. Wonderful. Thank you, Esty. Have a great Shabbos, and okay, we'll thank you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks at Kosher Fest. Okay, great. Looking All right. forward. Thanks. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Esty Kafra from Kosher Scoop, and she has an amazing book coming out called Kosher Inspired. Just while we wrap up, you can hear our old shows uh, or previously quarter shows on the web at nachamsegal.com or on podcasts. We've got podcasts now on Table for Two and all the other amazing shows on this network. I just want to mention that Cat Skills on Amsterdam is a fundraiser for Karen Orr. It's got movies and bing, movie and bingo night, but they'll be serving wine, beer, appetizers, and desserts. It's for Karen Orr, an organization in Israel for children with multi, multiple disabilities. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, that's 
uh, Saturday night, November 16th at 9 p.m. And you can call 212-279-0534 to go. There will be incredible food. So I had to definitely mention that. Thank you so much for listening. Kerem is sponsoring great music right up until Lech Benching. Keep listening and stay tuned and Shabbat Shalom.